41. Okay. Online on Periscope. Well, not online on Twitch. Twitch is the main one. Ending data. Okay, we're online on something. See when Twitch wants to work. Oh, we are live on Twitch. Okay. Almost there. I think we're a few seconds away. Um, okay. Yeah, we are live. Let me just test the audio. Uh, make sure I can hear. Okay. See when Twitch wants to work. Can you say something, Nick? Yep. Oh, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. There we go. We're live. Yeah, I can confirm we are live. Awesome. Almost. Okay. Hello and welcome, everybody. Welcome to uh, episode two of Lightning Lap, uh, the show where we talk about Bitcoin, Lightning, and gaming and get our guests to do a track around Satoshi Village. But more on that later. Uh, today, we have a very, very special guest. And I know I always say this, but I'm very excited to have him on. It's uh, Nicola Dorier of uh, BTC Pay fame. Um, yeah, thank you for coming on, Nicola. Ah, thanks you. Like anytime there is games, I'm I'm ready for it. You know, I was I was really gaming fan before uh, the Bitcoin world. Is this the first doing land party and everything? Is this the first <laughs> podcast where you spoke about gaming? Or would you say? Ah, yeah, it's the first one. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Well, let's jump straight into it. Let's just go straight into gaming. You know. So obviously, we're like a Bitcoin and gaming podcast, so we need to give love to both. Um. So yeah, yeah, so I guess first question is, what would you say is like your childhood game, the game that really you know changed you? Uh, that, so the oh, fuck, there is it's a hard question because there was actually two games. Uh, I think the biggest one might be Counter Strike, one point six. Oh, Counter Strike. Uh, so yeah, like Counter Strike, oh. I played like maybe for like I don't know seven, eight years. I had my team. I had like a a clan, you know, in a, in a, in my city in uh, in Lyon. Like we were doing like land party and stuff like this. Uh, one time, I we played against like real pro programmer uh, pro gamers. They like they they they, they, they we were completely uh, like um, humiliated. Yeah, I they, think they really pwned like, is the word, right? Kick us. Uh, really pound, but like and something that I never saw before. I, I it was the first time I saw the, the difference of level between plebs that you play with on internet and like real programmer, and it was quite amazing. Yeah, amazing things. Insane. So I think I think it teach me lots about it's a collaboration, you know, kind of crisis inside clan and like trying to. I think, kind of my main social, uh, so social. Let's say challenges, uh, but there was also another another game that that was very important for me was uh, Dark Age of Camelot. So I don't know if you know this game. Yeah, I know Dark Ages. That that game is that. Um... No, so uh -huh. so long time ago, one of the first MMORPG yeah. was the Force Prophecy. I don't know if you know the, remember this game. Brings about T T4C, and and like 
it was like one server, maybe 200, 300 people. And like uh, after this game, there was like this. Uh, so it was a two day game, two day game, the first prophecy. And after this game, there was the one of the first MMORPG. It was a uh, Dark Age of Camelot. Yeah. So like yeah. it was kind of the first 3D huge MMORPG. And like same thing, I play like I don't know for how much time, maybe three years. Like it was something like so I was waking like up at nine in the morning it? and then going to bed at ni- at midnight. You know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like so, how old were you when you were doing this? Were you like a, a young kid or? So, yeah, I was. Uh, I was like uh, like um, uh, in uh, before high school. How do you call that? Middle school around middle yeah, I think school. Yeah, different things in different I countries. Guess. I don't know, like you know in. So yeah. middle school is around 13, 13, around this age, maybe 12. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I, in America, it's like junior this. high school, but in England, we just call it high school and then maybe different. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you didn't get any work done, so, basically. <laughs> you didn't study. Uh, but actually, I was, I was pretty good at school as well. Basically, after like playing until midnight, I was going to my bed and I was making my homework in, inside the bed. Like I was this type of uh, hardcore gamer. You Lots know? of gaming like proponents say that gaming actually kind of it, it teaches you like problem solving skills and yeah and how to be patient and how yeah. to strike like did you find that was true or did it just because your grades didn't suffer well i think it, it, it teach a lot about focus uh because if you are not focused in game like uh, you you lose and i think like focus is a kind of very important i think uh, ability for programmers yeah yeah, yeah. So uh, I think what, what like pushed me to to focus so much time on a program or like, you know, without any distraction is really games that teach me this, and and I I think game also developed a lot of uh, my collaboration aspects uh, with with people because basically when you you play a game like Counter Strike or like uh, or like um, uh, Dark Age of Camelot. You always need like to find you know friends and collaborate with them and like you know handle the crisis and stuff like this. So kind of similar to Bitcoin, right? You kind of make friends and work with people who they have like a strange avatar name and you don't really know what they look like. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know, be like, yep, you know, like Mister Donkey Twenty Two or something that you've like you've talked to more than your family and you've never met him or something. (laughs) But in games, it's even more because there is this, you know, avatar like that really walk, and like you have adventure with this, so with them. So like I think like games is even more, even better to 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 make tie strengths uh, between people. Yeah, okay, it's kind of like well, yeah, bonding and kind of te- well, I guess like companies will send people on like um what do they call them? like retreats to do like team building skills, where now <laughs> what we have to do at Zebedee is we have like a game night where actually people are playing Counter-Strike together, you know. It's like the same thing, a bonding Holy thing, shit. right, you know. Yeah, so Counter-Strike is... So, uh, on, so on my side, like, uh, like uh, so I, re- I so so long time ago, like one of my first uh, internship, not, not first internship, mate, uh, a bit in high school, like uh, I was uh, in a company and, uh, in Switzerland and basically I was with an- another intern and uh that that was also one of the things like at the end of the day because anyway we we were in switzerland so we could not go back in france so anyway we we had time and it was like the gaming night yeah every day like 
gaming inside the company was quite fun actually. I think I think gaming is very great for this. Uh, the 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 main challenge is when you have like different people that have different levels. Okay. Yeah. So uh, so if everybody is the same level, then everybody has fun. But if there is one person that become very good at it, yeah. uh, it's harder. I remember. And I I'm very I'm very a drug. I'm a drug addict of gaming. So like when I love a game, like uh, the first time I will play for fun, and then as time pass, I'm not doing it for fun anymore. You know, I'm, oh, I'm doing it for winning. <laughs> like my wife was playing an online game, and when she first started, she she was upset because people would kick her out of the team because she wasn't very good. And like a year <laughs> later, she's like, "You stupid noob, get off!" <laughs> she's like attacking the other people. <laughs> but you know, like because people invest a lot of time into this, right? They invest a lot of time and hours. This is why I kind of got into Bitcoin gaming is seeing my wife. How much well myself how much time you can put into something and you know not get any value <laughs> out of it well you get value but not like financial yep. value so yep. but it's a serious thing yeah i i i definitely understand one of the last game i was kind of addict but not for too long so they were there was a so there was starcraft did this and like another game there was uh uh you know the game where you have a car uh rocket league yeah rocket yeah, league yeah, yeah. So I played to Rocket League and both of these games, StarCraft and Rocket League, basically the first time you play, it's like fun, you know, you, you miss a ball, you are like laughing, you cannot stop. Uh, but then after a while, when you become better and better, when you start losing, I, I, you, you, you start becoming angry at the game. And I think it's when nowadays I know where, where, where to stop. Basically. Yeah, I guess you, you have to keep a balance, right? You know, otherwise you can become like yeah. a... Yeah, yeah. There's like gaming addiction is, is is a real thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Like Counter Strike, I remember like I was so pissed off by losing at the end that I was uh, basically I was like biting myself. Oh. I... Like I, I had like mark on my finger and like bleeding and like I was so pissed off when I lose, you know. So, but so uh, you were just playing no, for fun, right? To... You weren't entering competitions, yeah. were you? Oh. Yeah, I was doing competition, oh, but yeah. we never really win uh, big big things. Yeah. Like one, I think the best land party we did, we were we we were second, but like it was not like a huge you know esport events. Yeah. And I, as I said, the first time, the only time where we played against real programmer, they like destroyed us. Like I never saw. <laughs> so, um, are you looking forward to playing Counter Strike with Bitcoin then, or are you worried that it would? take all your time <laughs> you want to avoid it so yeah that's that's kind of the dilemma that uh, i i see zbd is doing great stuff with counter strike go and uh i played a bit to constrain counter strike go actually people of my clan that i had in lyon are still playing counter strike until now and they're like oh, come come here you should you should play with us again and i'm trying to resist yeah and uh I don't know. I don't know if I will manage to 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 resist for long. But I I mean, Bitcoin Bitcoin programming is also fun. So I I don't think they can. Yeah, programming is a little bit. It's game. a game in itself, right? It's like problem solving, right? Yep. You know. So yeah, it's kind of yep. the same parts of the brain. Um, yeah. Yep. Um, just for people who might not be aware, I have to just do a, a shameless plug. I work for Zebedee, and we have uh, developed an application called Infuse, which adds Bitcoin to Counterparty. Um, so yeah. Um, so that's what why I was mentioning that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I could, yeah, I've already got a lot of feedback from people telling me, you know, like, oh, this is gonna 
ruined my life, <laughs> like time wise. Yeah. You know? Like my two favorite things are combined. Uh, <laughs> a Bitcoin. Um, but it's going to be a problem, I think, because like some players are very, very competitive. We need to make like friendly servers, like servers for noobs or something, right? Where people don't just get destroyed and lose all their Bitcoin. So we need to have like more yeah. kind of bonuses or everybody I, wins I, I... kind of thing. Like sponsors. Yeah. yeah, actually, when when I was playing to uh, when I was playing to StarCraft, they they had this kind of uh, you know rank matching yeah. algorithm. So like noobs are with noobs, and I think it was quite quite good. Actually, people smurf though. I think that's the and, word, right? Um, Smurfing, where you make a new account. I don't. It's you... yeah, but like it might happen, but like yeah, it reduces like, it a lot. For what like. Even even for 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 pro gamers, it's like quite boring playing against noobs. So I guess they are reselling their account. I guess maybe. Yeah, I think. But Counter Strike has a thing now where I think you basically pay for like a, like a fifteen dollar account, like a special type of account, which means that you have to pay to get it. But people have these accounts. It's more trusted because they can't just. It, there's a financial cost to kind of spinning up new accounts. Like if you get if you cheat and you get banned, or if you do something wrong, you know. Ah. Yeah, you know what I mean? it kind of puts a kind a cost of, on it, uh, kind of thing. So there's like ways to try and address it. Uh, there, there is a, a a way we say that in in a crypto. Uh, wait, Bounty. Ah, uh, no, no, not not, not Bounty. Ah, I forgot the name. There is a technical term for this kind of uh, people huh? of. Uh, huh? No, no, no. It's like so, so, like for example, imagine uh, in DLC actually it's possible to do this, where. So, for example, in Bitcoin, in DLCs, like if one oracle is, uh, there is one event and the oracle attests two different outcomes of the same event, then people can retrieve their, uh, the oracle's private key. Okay. So basically, the to keep the oracle like uh, trusted, what the oracle can do is, uh, is, can do is to put a bounty like of one BTC secured by his own key. Yeah. So like if he cheats, yeah, then people will be able to take the money out of it. I see. So I uh, yeah, bounty. I think it's called bounty. Bounty. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose like the Oracle. Uh, well, well, let's actually just change a bit to talk about DLCs because what people don't know, a discrete log contract. It's basically a way of minimizing the trust on doing bets with Bitcoin. Maybe that's a fair way to say. Yep. But I think that has an yep. interesting application oh, I, to I, gaming, I it... right? Yeah, I think I think it can be quite nice, like you know, Oracle that say, okay, I I will announce uh, the the winner of this game. Uh, I think it can work. So the only thing I I in this type of betting, the only thing to worry is that, um, and I think it happened to to some games on, on uh, for example, in soccer or football, where basically the a player in the team lose on purpose. Mm. Yeah, they take it because they bet against themselves. Yeah, that happens in boxing a lot, right? But, yep, but I, I think that if you do it like you know live in stream, like where people are playing, uh, the the person that is playing cannot do two things at the, at the same time. So I think it can uh, it can help. Well, that's the thing. It's but like well, it's, they can get some... it's trust minimizing, yeah. right? You can't like in kind of sports yep. and stuff. You can't really have like with people playing. You know, you yeah. can never have a hundred percent like they didn't fail on purpose. Uh, I guess you could yep. do a bet on that. Like, will they fail on purpose and make an oracle for that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, but two clans could pay. Like, well, there could be a Counter Strike tournament, right? And then an oracle. Well, people could use 
DLC to place a bet on who is going to win, and like an independent yep. oracle of their choosing, but then would yep. then basically um, choose well, give the truth or put yep. the truth to who's won. Yeah, and, yeah. So um, yeah. So so nice so nice thing with the DLC about this is that basically the people that want to make a bet they don't have to, to contact the oracle. Uh, basically, the oracle don't have the oracle don't even need to have a server. Basically, just have to announce a result, and the announce is like a thirty-two byte key. So, like yeah. you can the the oracle can easily, for example, copy paste that inside the Twitter or whatever. And uh, people that trust this oracle can just decide. Okay, let's do a contract between us. And the oracle don't need to be, you know, the oracle don't need to put a server on the middle. Like sure. the players can really enter in contract to to each other. So yeah, yeah. so the oracle can't it's go down cool for or gaming. something. Or... Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, it's it's non-custodial, right? As well. So you know, it's it's a, it's a smart yep. con. It's like a, it's basically a smart contract in a way. It's a smart contract. It it, it is. It is. It definitely it, is. The DLCs use um stuff like physics. Um, scriptless scripts in a way where you can't tell a DLC transaction from a normal like there's no like there's no like scripting in there which makes yeah. it look like a because like before you could kind of do this with like script in Bitcoin but the transaction would look very different is Oracle's yeah so, DLC is a bit different do you... so uh, with this we, it's not so so the bet looks like a normal multi-sig transaction okay, like a normal, yeah so, so there is nothing that announced that it's specifically this so it can't and be like uh, there is um Yep, and there there is like a taproot. So when taproot will come, uh, basically if the two party like are in good term and and do the protocol in good term, then it doesn't even looks like a multi sig transaction. So that's yeah. pretty good. Uh, it's only if they privacy. have to kind of like, you know, if something goes wrong and they have to like then, yeah. But yep. if people trust each other and 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 and, and it goes okay, it just it just looks like a normal transaction with taproot. Yeah, so yep. yeah, that's going to be. I think that's going to be really, really hard to stop. Like once, like Taproot and Hammer, <laughs> right? You know, and you don't really need a server. I guess somebody will make like a nice UI or a client, but it's going to be. Yep. It's going. It's going to be very interesting. I think. Yeah. So yeah, the the difficult aspect is always uh, actually it's not the crypto at this point. The difficult aspect is the UX. You know. Yeah, nobody people. wants to place a bet uh, on command line. <laughs> yep. Like you, you don't have. You don't have a server in the middle because it's trustless. So, like, uh, how can you make it so people can do it easily without the need of a server in the middle? I think that's a real can, challenge. Like, can uh, the Oracle take a fee of this or something? Or can they, like, I, I, I guess that's all about the incentive. If somebody can make m money from people playing so, DLCs, then I guess somebody would make that, that, that client. So, the, the, the thing is that being an Oracle, is really costless because basically you're only announcing the results. So like, it's hard to ask anything in compensation because you don't. The Oracle don't even need a server actually. It just only needs the trust. Uh, but where an Oracle can ask money though is that if the two party. So if there is a bet and the two party agree on the result. Uh, wait, wait. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. Actually, uh, I'm, I'm saying stupid thing. The, the Oracle have no way of making money on this okay. case because basically, when, when, when just the it, Oracle yeah. like announces the results, uh, basically the people that were using the Oracle can just use this result to unlock. Yeah, the Oracle doesn't make a transaction; uh, it just it just releases yep. a, like a result. Yep. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, it'd be cool. Like, I think it's, um, I, I guess the issue is, especially like maybe companies at the moment wouldn't like a nice company wouldn't want to make this and make a nice UI because there's lots of gambling laws. So it would have to be something yeah. like a company in, I don't know, like Panama or somewhere or one of those islands makes it or something, yeah. or, you know, one of these like, no, you know, there's a few crypto companies like that, right. Who, don't, who are outside the jurisdiction. Yeah. We'd have to wait for them to make a really nice UI UX for people to kind of, yeah. you know, but then, then if they do a nice UX, like they still need to, if they are using DLC, they still need to use open protocol. So I, I think even if you make a website, it's not obvious how to do it in a decentralized way. Sure. Like oh yeah, yeah. Take yeah. advantage oh. of the protocol, because it, it's like it's like when you are using Ethereum, for example, the protocol might be decentralized, and it's a big claim to say this, but like if everybody is using Infura. Like it's not really decentralized, like no. it's still a server. So like if they, if somebody make a, a service for DLC, but you still have to use their server, it's kind of the same situation. You're not really taking advantage True. of the, of the decentralization Well, maybe somebody aspect. would, but yeah, then I guess somebody can make like, it's like a BitTorrent style client you could download, but then you're trusting, you know, the kind of developers yeah. of that and you have to check the hashes and, you know, I guess again, decentralization yeah. and trustlessness is a spectrum. Um, I, I think I think Bitcoin is is doing kind of well, even if it's a bit messy. So Bit, the way Bitcoin works is basically there is lots of different protocol, and the nice thing is that there is lots of different clients that talk this protocol. So it's a bit messy from outside perspective. Perspective, for example, the XPubs, you know, everything that is XPub, uh, HG key, it's very messy. But the nice thing is that every every you know application are talking kind of the same language. So you we don't have this one app on the middle and i think it's pretty pretty cool in bitcoin and i, I yeah. hope to see this kind of stuff happening with dlc so the, the in dlc they are try, uh people in dlc are trying to make a specification but right now it's moving a lot so i'm i'm staying away from from it right now yeah, yeah. but i think one once it will be fleshed out and people can really, start implementing their own give client. a shout out the people too okay. i think was it taz dryer came up with it initially but short bits and dg labs are the kind of Two entities working on it. Is, is that correct to say? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think there is other people from other companies. But that, uh, it, no, it, I, I know it was like Taj who came up with and, it, right? And, uh, was it Taj's research? Sorry, Taj Dryer's research was DLC, right? Who? who? Taj. Sorry. Taj. Yeah. 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 So, so ta ta just for ta our ta listeners, uh, he was one of the authors Dreyer. of the Lightning Paper. So he's like. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, but, but like, yeah, I think, uh, so there is a bunch of people, there is also Crypto Garage that is working on it and a um, bunch of people working around it that they, they, they are trying to do this specification. I think the specification is a bit early to rely on it at this point. So yeah. I, I hope it will. No, cool. I think, and, and then like, that's the thing with Bitcoin. Well, do we bother making a specification until Taproot is out, right? And then it just makes it better, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like not much point doing yep. too much stuff. Yeah. Um, anyway, just um, changing gears a little bit. Just want to go back to gaming. Uh, I just want to ask, what games are you playing at the moment, or have you been playing recently? Final Fantasy VIII. Actually, I eight. bought the remastered version on PS4, and this day they remastered eight. Actually. You mean seven? Sorry. You mean seven, not eight? Did 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 they make a remaster eight. of eight? 
Yes, the eight they did. So it, it's not, it's not a remake like the Final Fantasy like, Seven, right? I see. It's it, a remaster, it's like, but then it works on PlayStation Four. Yes. Yeah, and like it's like less pixel. You know, they for example, the characters are really three D models instead of pixel blobs. Yeah. So they made it a bit nicer, and uh, yeah, I'm playing it uh, these days, and it's quite quite cool game. I, yeah, I, that's Final Fantasy I, Eight is with is it um. Squall? Is that Squall? Yeah, Squall, yeah. And um, Ren yeah, I know, because my wife is a you know big what? Final Fantasy cosplay, so we did Final Fantasy VIII cosplay. <laughs> oh, uh, she was she she was dressed in Nino? Yes, she was, and we went to um a place in Japan which had like a, a lily like flower kind of field. I think that's a scene from the game. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I want to see it. Oh, maybe I'll show you. I guess uh, we could talk. I'll try and find it. It's on the internet somewhere. Uh, yeah, so you're a massive Final Fantasy fan, right? Yeah, I mean, massive. I think seven was good. Uh, seven was great. Excuse me. Your favorite one. Uh, the eight was great. The nine was great. The ten was great as well. And after it all was all shit, basically. <laughs> I don't know what happened to to, to Square Enix, but when, when so I you was like, kid, you like actually, fifteen I to... and you like I, fifteen or fourteen, thirteen. No, fourteen is online, but thirteen and thirteen part two, and you don't like lightning and what? Thirteen has lightning in. You have to like thirteen. Ah, actually, I didn't even play it because I didn't have the play PlayStation Four. I did uh, not the PlayStation. It was the three, I think. Yeah, I think it was. But like, it, I. I when I was a kid, I wanted to, to, to be a developer at Square Enix, actually. Not... <laughs> oh, you would have regretted that. <laughs> no, I stopped. There's like lots of yeah. horror stories of people. I used to, when I was in Japan, we'd go to like the pub and there'd be like lots of like drunken developers from Square Enix just crying. <laughs> I think this game developer, working in Japan is hard anyway, but working as a game developer, it's pretty, yep. pretty brutal, I think. Uh, I, I, I think that yeah. I think uh, especially Square Square Enix that kind of not good reputation. I think uh, uh, about uh, work ethic. <laughs> I mean, as far as I'm a French, so I, I guess my work ethic is quite different from from average Japanese. But still, yeah. So I promise for the viewers, um, myself and. Nicola, we actually go back where we kind of first met in Japan when I was living in, in Japan. So, but yeah, I, when I first went to Japan, I used to work for a company like teaching foreign languages. So we have lots of teachers from different countries, right? And it's interesting to see how different countries would treat work differently. We had like a, the Japanese boss would come and say, hey, everybody, unfortunately, everybody has to work overtime. And like, you know, all the Japanese people be like, like, I understand. And like the English people like, yeah, okay, and the, you know, whatever, whatever. And then, like, some, I'm not going to say which countries they were from, but some people are like, no, no. Maybe I've given <laughs> it away by the accent. And you know, Americans are like, it's not in my contract. I'm going to sue you. <laughs> but Australians were lazy as well. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the French will definitely go to strike. <laughs> uh, let me just like sabotage something or i don't know <laughs> can you did i share my screen uh wait uh, so i see a yeah, presentation moss kristen moss okay 
Yeah. Oh, I don't think it's showing for the viewers. Uh, I can't see on my side. Hold on. Yeah. But yeah, that was just my wife's cosplay of, of, of interest. Where Where is that Final Fantasy VIII? I don't see. Here. Where? Yeah. The eight. Eight. Wait, I don't know if I don't I don't know if your screen is frozen, but because uh no, I don't see it anymore. I don't see your presentation anymore. Uh, how about now? Uh, you no, for no, I don't. Ah, it doesn't anything. matter. I'll show you later anyway. Okay. Yeah, do so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. So, what the audience might find a little bit interesting is that when we first met, you and I, we were actually both. I guess we were both shitcoiners, in a way. Oh, I was story? not shitcoiners on my side. You don't remember the no story? No fucking way. Well, when I first met you, eh? you were giving a presentation on colored coins. Oh, yeah, okay, <laughs> and I was okay, giving a presentation okay. <laughs> on the counterparty tokens, so we were both shilling coins and tokens that were not Bitcoin. That's true. the dark That's history. I... Yeah, actu actually, like the funny part is that actually tokens that we were teaching of how to do it in Bitcoin, actually tokens got great, except not on Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's yes, it's strange that coins. like at the time, like Ethereum wasn't even out at the time, so like if you. People were well. I guess Vitalik was doing colored coins, right? I they did not even call it like this. Uh, I think the ERC token like came way later. Yeah, but like, like uh, or, I, think, I think it was originally Vitalik was a developer on Bitcoin and doing working in the colored coins protocol, right? And then he got like frustrated. I didn't know. Yeah, that. I think that's the story. So yeah, that was like a competition because we had Counterparty and colored coins were kind of competing. So I was giving a presentation on Counterparty, and you were giving one on colored coins. But Vitalik was wanted stuff added to Bitcoin to make colored coins work better. But then, like, obviously, you can't just add uh, stuff to Bitcoin. So he, he went across and, like, made his, his own thing. Uh, yeah, and then, like, the, I, the rest is history. It was open asset I was using. Colored coin oh. was another protocol. Yeah, there's a few open assets yeah. and Mastercoin and Counterparty. Yeah. yeah, so I guess what a lot of people, because actually a lot of, blockchain gaming is actually around tokens. Uh, so a lot of people kind of think Ethereum was like the first token standard. Uh, however, they were, yeah. it was the first. Counterparty got quite quite far. It did. Yeah, it's still around. That's the thing. That's the thing. It's on Bitcoin. It can never die. But I guess because of the fees and the scaling issues, a lot of people went over to Ethereum. And then, uh, you know, yep. the rest is kind of history. <laughs> We actually just got a question from the audience who's, um, from somebody who's French speaker. They wanted to ask, I'm curious about how life as a French speaking Bitcoiner in Japan is for him during COVID. I hear Japan has never locked down because they regard it as anti-constitutional. So yeah, you're in yeah. Japan, but you're not Japanese as far as I can tell. You're a, a, a French person in Japan. So I guess that's kind of two questions in there. Like what is life yeah. and Bitcoin like in Japan Generally, and then how are you finding, I guess, the pandemic? So generally, my life in Japan is pretty good because as a foreigner and as a French person, I don't feel any social pressure to conform that normal Japanese might feel. 
Okay. Uh, and on top of this, I, I'm working for DigiLab, and DigiLab is a kind of international company that don't they don't have the kind of purely domestic Japanese uh, work ethic. So they they it's a, it's a very good company to be in. Uh, so on my side, like I have all the good side of Japan without the bad side. Like for example, the rush hour on Tokyo, it's awful. Yeah. But like my company let us do kind of flexible work time hours. So even when there was no COVID, basically I would take the train at maybe 10 or 11 and like uh, maybe may sometime later. And like, of course there is nobody in the train at this time. So on me, it's like perfect. Like uh, as a French speaker there, it's perfect. Some people might not like it because uh, like uh, it's, some people say it's more difficult to make friends uh, with Japanese people. I don't know if that's true on my side. I'm kind of a nerd, so it's not kind of uh, the thing that impacts me the most. Um, and since COVID, like since COVID, I, actually my life I've been quite normal, uh, except I don't go to work anymore. Uh, I don't go to the office, I mean. Uh, most of like even wearing a mask like if i go out and i forgot my mask i will not go back home and losing time uh, to to take it back so i, I, I like li life in japan for me in covid has been quite normal um, yeah japan has yeah. been quite like i think um i think the the questioner was saying they never locked down because they regard it as anti-constitutional. My understanding is it's difficult to lock down because they have a constitution. It would take a lot of like an act of parliament to try and do a lockdown, which is possible, but it's like, you know, they couldn't just like decide to do one. So Japan is being somewhat open, yeah. right? Like at the moment, it, there's a state of emergency though I hear at the moment. So I think it, maybe it's a little bit stricter, but it's not like some countries. Like, like the, uh, there is a state of emergency, but basically it's just like a uh, restaurant. I closing our, our at 8 p.m. And like last year, I got a, I got a baby, so basically any any anywhere I will not go out after eight. So on my side, I don't feel really anything of it. And I I, I think that even if restaurants are open, they they are not penalized. You know, you do, you won't see the policeman like you know going inside and arresting the owner for 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 doing business yeah i think a lot of so japanese I... thing is advice not law but yeah. most people follow the advice because japanese are quite kind of generally quite a the word like yeah i i, I think the, the japanese government uh, still have some kind of credibility even if they had some kind of corruption they still have some kind of credibility left uh, I th I think compared to, uh, in French, where the credibility of the yeah. government is like <laughs> negative at this point, you know, if government said not don't do something, people will just do well, the the reverse of it. France pretty <laughs> much invented revolution, you know, right? So it's like, yeah, you know, but but they they earned it. Like they 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 say many stupid things. They they earned their reputation pretty well. So I think. You're <laughs> glad to be in Japan during the pandemic and not in France, I think. Oh yeah, I'm super happy here. I think France, you have it's to like, get written yeah. permission, don't you? You have to write why you're going out or something. You're not even, I don't know if it's changed now, but maybe at the peak, you have to have, write a note and yep. have a reason to go out. Yep. Yeah, you're pretty strict. Yep. Yeah. Uh, on my side, I think I, I would have, if I was in France, I would have definitely left for another country that is not, uh, you know, crazy like this. They let you. But, uh, <laughs> like my brother, yeah, he... But like, yeah, I was just saying like my sorry, my brother he 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 went to Bulgaria to visit family. He's English, but now he's not allowed back in England, so he's kind of stuck. 
<laughs> like sometimes, uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, maybe it's, it's good if Bulgaria is not too strict. Like maybe we'll have a better time. He said, there. like he says, quite interesting. So they're like having their first wave or something. So they kind of didn't get hit hard before, but it's like because it's I guess it's like ex-Soviet kind of block that kind of like um, Slavic mentality. It's like people don't really panic. It's just like oh, death is death, you know. People die. It's like very kind of somber. <laughs> so it's like it, it's like apparently he said like the hospitals are going to get overwhelmed. It's like well, it's a pandemic. What can you do? It's like. You know, people, yeah, yeah, yeah. like some countries, or I guess people are a lot more like, you know, every life matters, you know, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, but I guess yeah. it's like, a, it reminded me of like, um, I think I, I saw a Russian post this meme, which is like, I had a picture of England, English novels. It's like, I die, uh, I die for honor. And French is like, I die for love. America, I die for freedom. And Russia is like, I, I die. <laughs> the Eastern European kind of feeling. I, I, I like it. There is also, I think, uh, I, I saw uh, uh, kind of. Uh, I think I don't. I, I think I don't remember if it was a blog post or a video or something. Or some people going in Africa as well, like uh, same thing. They are quite relaxed about it, and when they ask why, they are like, "Yeah, COVID is nowhere the first uh virus that is killing us right now there is way more important virus than than covid yeah you know like they're worried about malaria and other things right and yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i know yeah, i guess kind of you can say that sounds horrible to say it but in a way yeah, i'm not gonna say it i'm gonna i'm not gonna say it otherwise we're gonna get banned as fake news <laughs> or something anyway um but yeah but how is bitcoin in japan and because i think the Tokyo Bitcoin meetup and all that. Bitcoin was really early in Japan. I think big, Japan has a lot of Bitcoin history, so um, like so, like uh, from from regulation regulation perspective, it's quite uh, pain. It's not very good for trading because basically it's uh, it's taxed on the income. So basically, if you are older, uh, old hodler, and you try to sell everything at once, you will pay a massive tax bill of like fifty percent of more. So like it's um it's not very good. Uh, I'm seeing um I, I don't know if it, it will it will be better with with time. I, I I have no idea about it. Uh, but I see some. I I saw like two services in Japan that offer Bitcoin loans to uh, to retail. So I think that's a good opportunity because when when you have a when you have such kind of country that have high taxes then the value of having some kind of loan services backed by bitcoin it's is very uh very attractive a way to, so you think like it's a way to liquidate some bitcoin without having to pay massive taxes or to get some gains or something yep. yeah yep like basically if you need cash uh, instead of instead of selling and, and paying your taxes you just borrow it uh you put your bitcoin in collateral and that way you you can you can get your the cash without uh without um selling your Bitcoin or like spreading the sale of your Bitcoin over time. So like you don't have one oh. blob of 50% taxes at once. Uh, actually, so I, I was surprised. I saw who was working on that. Yeah. It was Ben. Yeah. So um, I, don't, I was surprised. Yeah. Well, I guess we, yeah. So it's um, a mutual friend. So when we were in Japan, myself, Nicola, and a few other Bitcoin devs, we had like a, a kind of lightning people close group. Right, and uh, one of our friends, 
is working on that. Um, yes, yeah, actually, I think like I was surprised that Japan. It felt like a little bit like a Bitcoin mecca in a way when I went over there. It's like quite a few really cool devs are in kind of Bitcoin Japan and a lot of cool Bitcoiners, you know. So I don't want to dox them, but yeah. you know, there's um, a, a lot of people who have worked on like PT PTSV, possibly signed Bitcoin transactions. Some cool libraries yourself, who's obviously made the amazing uh, Bitcoin pay server, uh, BTC pay server, which we'll talk about in a little bit. This Wiz, the famous kind of mining yep. guy, I suppose. You know, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, I think also, I think obviously Japan had a lot of history, right? I think the first Bitcoin, well, Roger Ver was obviously based in Japan, and before the whole split, when everybody was like on the same Bitcoin, he was quite an evangelist and in a way i think he kind of spread adoption quite a lot in japan right a lot of the stores that accept bitcoin but now accept bitcoin cash was kind of yeah but like i i think it was kind of uh short-lived uh because like right now i don't see any really any store accepting bitcoin except maybe uh the two dogs well, uh, so i think the largest kind of department store or i guess electronic store in japan oh, yeah. big camera and it's massive big, big it's camera. like they have stores everywhere in japan it must be like the number one must be like number one or two most common store in japan they yep. accepted bitcoin payments very very early on like like four or five years ago or something quite early yeah. on so that's kind of yeah. like for people in the states that would be something like target accepting bitcoin it's a very big yeah. thing so on my side i stopped using them at the beginning i was very happy with it and then i i saw that uh the rate that you were paying for it was around seven percent oh so basically when i saw that i said okay i will stop spending my bitcoin there yeah. and i think it's not their fault i think like they, they are based so their service provider is Bitflyer, yeah. that is a big Japanese exchange. Yeah. And uh, basically, I think most of the fees come from them and Big Camera is like really just accepting and I, I don't think they make any profit on the change. Yeah, I, I tried to buy some stuff with Bitcoin sometimes. And I like, if you go to some of the smaller stores, you say kind of paying Bitcoin and the staff is confused and then you speak to the manager. Then eventually someone comes out with like an <laughs> iPad and like they forgot how to log in. Then eventually you kind of pay for Bitcoin and then... You then you go home quickly and well then you get your phone out and try to double spend the transaction as soon as possible i'm not i didn't do that <laughs> but yeah but I, I think yeah i think so i guess well you made btc pay server which is about people it's like it's, it's a tool for merchants to it's an open source tool for merchants to um accept payments in bitcoin but where i uh, a lot of people say that Bitcoin doesn't really make sense for payments. It's like people like the attempts to for stores to use it as payments has failed. It's something that people huddle as a store of value. But obviously you make BTC pay server. So like, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think there's some truth to that? Or do you think? Well, um... like it's not. Uh, so the problem is not whether Bitcoin or not is good for payment is it does your store has the right amount of uh, average uh, order so like if you are selling a car like your store can definitely accept bitcoin there is no problem with this if you are selling a coffee like it can still accept bitcoin if you use lightning network lightning network works but to be honest it's still very um 
difficult for 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 retail payment to accept bitcoin i i, I agree with this so i think i think bitcoin is great for payment but you are you, you your your business uh need to um to uh sell high enough for that to make sense i think because like we, we cannot defy gravity with uh with uh with the fees uh so you're talking on, like on my side it's i yeah, I think retail in particular, I think right now for Bitcoin is not a good, uh, the best fit. Lining might change the bill, but uh, might change the change the situation. But I I still think it's a bit difficult for the average uh, well, retailer. I guess you, that's talking more, I guess, on the fee side. Like the fees are high and it's not practical to people accept. But do you think there's a market for people wanting to spend their Bitcoin to kind of buy things? Oh, whoa, fuck yeah, definitely. So the the thing I was I was thinking actually that I think one of the best market of Bitcoin right now is like a gift card because mm. actually you can buy any amount that you want at once and then spend spend little bit by little bit. So I think if there is some kind of imagine that you have a store, uh, a retail store, and you sell gift card. If you sell your gift card in Bitcoin, I think they will definitely have some demand. Um, yeah, Bitrefill, I think. And I think they tweeted a few weeks ago that they were like profitable. Don't quote me on that, but literally, but they were making money like from sales, like a legitimate business, right? So, and most of their Bitcoin things yep. were the sales are coming from Bitcoin. So, yep. Yeah, I, I think Bitcoiner any occasion they have to spend Bitcoin, they will choose to spend Bitcoin rather than fiat. Uh, I think, but like, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, go on. Yeah, I, I, but I just think, for example, if I go to Seven Eleven uh, next to my place and I want to to buy a cookie for one hundred yen, cash is still easier for me to use than Bitcoin. So yeah. I, I I would use Bitcoin, but for more bigger purchase on my side. I kind of think there's also a that. If you want to liquidate your Bitcoin like a little bit, kind of buying something with Bitcoin is a way to get fiat. You know what I mean? So like if you're going to buy something with your dollars, but you can buy that with Bitcoin, it saves you having to sell that Bitcoin on an exchange and do KYC if you can just buy, you know what I mean? Because you get the dollars still. Yep. So I think I think that's definitely kind of a market for stuff like gift cards. Um, yeah, actually, actually, that's something I want to do like later on on BTCP server, but I'm not clear exactly on the UX. So that's... Okay. Like, like, for example, uh, I'm uh, one of the services I've been using is Bitrefill, and one of the way I'm paying with Bitrefill the, that I prefer is actually putting some Bitcoin on Bitrefill and then using the the internal accounts of Bitrefill to buy things. Uh, and I I just think it's better UX because you don't have to wait, you know, confirmation when you 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 are making your buy. And but when when you think about it, it's nothing. It's nothing different from a gift card, you know, when you you put money on on a, sure. on Bitrefill. It's not different from a gift card. It's not different from buying a gift card of Bitrefill, basically. And I I I, I wished so I want to do some allow merchant of BTC Pay server to do these kind of things, but I, I'm really not sure. My, my my head is not clear about the kind of UX that you will want to expect of for any merchant to do this. Well, let's just talk about BTC Pay Server. So we talked about it a little bit, but a lot of our viewers might not know about it. Actually, they probably will because they play Bitcoin 
rally and we have a BTC pay server cart in it. <laughs> well, BTC pay server is yeah. quite a cool story. So uh, for people who, who don't know, there was a company called uh, BitPay. And uh, Nicola and I both didn't like this company. I didn't like them because they actually sent me a cease and desist letter once. I made an application like in 2013 called BitPay. And then they existed and they like tried to like, you know, get legal about it. So I had a grudge on my shoulder because of that. But then you were upset. Well, maybe you can tell the story. Like, why did you make BTC Pay Server? What was the relationship to BitPay? It's like, how did that all start? And what well, is BTC Pay Server? Before I was, uh, I was, I really liked their service basically. Uh, so, um, I actually helped to the integration of some people uh, for their services. So their service was and basically when. What was their service? Eh? What, what was their service for the listeners? Like, could you explain what? Oh, uh, it was. It, yeah, it was kind of, kind of kind of retail stores, uh, basically, like uh, just. If you wanted to accept payments of people, Bitcoin. I, I knew. Yep. So it was small store, but like I helped some people, to, uh, you know, getting this integration done. And uh, I like their company. Actually, it was it was quite a quite a good company. And when when they got into this fight of on on the direction that Bitcoin will take, uh, like basically, I, I felt like uh, they were taking some kind of like like they they were they were <laughs> not to cap. They they were ta taking like. <laughs> I helped them building their company, and basically they, they were using their the power I gave to them back against me. So uh, basically, uh, at this time, I just wanted to to make the same service as them, but free, uh, just to uh, just to uh, to mess up with their business model and also to migrate people that I helped integrating with BitPay. Okay, so you helped them. You onboard a lot of people to BitPay, and then BitPay during the two X. For our viewers might not know, there was a point where uh some people or groups wanted to fork bitcoin uh, to a different version of bitcoin and uh bitpay made a statement saying everybody will need to upgrade to still use bitcoin like they made a tweet or something like that like, if you want to use bitcoin everybody will need to upgrade and uh you you kind of tweeted the famous tweet uh, this is lies my trust in you is broken i will make you obsolete something like that so you you were saying that like, it wasn't an upgrade to Bitcoin. They were forcing their users to use a different yeah. version of Bitcoin and not being honest with them. So is that yeah. fair to say? Yeah, yeah. It's a big company exactly at the time. Like, you were just... Where, what? The, lots of their merchants didn't understand the situation and they were basically lying openly to their merchants saying, uh, we will upgrade the version of Bitcoin when it was not true. Basically, they will have migrated their merchants to a shitcoin. Yeah. So I was. I, I, Which didn't I, I run. thought it was really dishonest. <laughs> it crashed, didn't it, when it actually launched? Mm -hmm. It crashed when it launched, didn't it? The, ah, yeah. the 2x coin. <laughs> yeah, one block before the launch. <laughs> was epic. That's pretty cool. So there's like a big company, and, and you were just one man who used to basically just work on a bad laptop in coffee shops in japan <laughs> and you uh, actually yes. so what you did is kind uh, of but I, I, an open I, I source think, version of this time i was i was already working for um for a digital garage oh was it blockchain uh, hub so i think i uh wasn't it blockchain hub at the time or was it dg no 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 i think i, I was already okay in DG cool. so you got some time. support from them yep 
Yeah. So I, I upgraded my lifestyle from a coder in a, in a, in McDonald's. Yeah, because for one year in Japan, basically, I, I lived like a, kind of like a nomad, like changing my place every two or three weeks on Airbnb and like coding on a in a coffee shop and McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, I think kind of a little side story. So I think what people might not know is that the developer of Wasabi Wallet kind of he did a pilgrimage and. He joined you in Japan, so um, um, Adam, right? Uh, Opara. I remember, like, he was he was a big fan of N Bitcoin, which was a library that you made, and he just decided to be a nomad. He booked a ticket to Japan, and he's kind of like Nicola Dorier, train me, and you just like used to drink yeah. beer and hang around and code to- together, right? So, yep, yep. So at the time, at a... the time, it was called Hidden Wallet. Hidden Wallet, yeah, yeah, and yeah, that went on to make. Wasabi Wallet, then two, two successful projects from that kind of thing. Yep. So uh, I, I was impressed by Nopara because like um, lots of people have ideas, but like they, 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 it's easy to have idea, but like what really matter is like if you are, if you are ready to, to, you know, to keep working on this idea for a long and long time until it's, it's, it's yeah. go off the ground. And uh, when, when Nopara came, basically uh, with hidden wallet, he was very, very, very far from. from yeah, he wasn't really a, uh, a programmer you know, then, or he didn't really know C sharp. He kind of was learning everything from then. I kind of felt. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think he kind of learned as he goes. Uh, Pretty cool. And uh, he, he was very far, far from what Wasabi is doing, but like basically he continued like for one year maybe before Wasabi is even done and it's just you know what's important is it's less the idea and more uh, how much time you can how much time you can focus on it and like uh, Wasabi wallet is not a you know it doesn't have a sudden success it worked for a long time before even uh, that becoming popular to other people yeah um, let's go back to BTC Pay Server. So, so BTC Pay is an open source kind of merchant tool where anybody can kind of accept Bitcoin. You host it yourself, so you don't rely on a third party. It's really easy to set up. I actually have a, a BTC Pay box, which is literally, I plug it in. I just plug it into my router and then it took about a day to sync. And then I can just accept payments via BTC Pay and without any third party. It, it's really cool. It's like, what? What are you currently like? What's the status of BTC Pay? What's like the main focus the team are working on? It's not an issue anymore. There's a whole team of people. Like, what's going on there? So, right. So this last year we tried really to work hard to open up the core of BTC Pay server. So the idea, so the vision of BTC Pay server is that we don't want a kind of uh, walled garden where BTC Pay server is doing everything. Uh, basically, we want a kind of core that works fine, and we just want people to build on top of this core, a bit like WordPress. You know, WordPress is not doing lots of things, but it allows like plugin or like people to develop on top of it and adding their own value to to to, to the product. So last year was kind of uh, this year where we we try to develop the API to do. Almost everything that you can do by click on BTC Pay, you can do it via API. We still have some ground to cover, but it's going very well. 
Uh, there is a Cooks that works on the uh, plugin system of BTCP server, so you can put your own code running inside BTCP server uh, to extend some functionality inside. Um, there is a, yeah, the BTCP server Docker installation for those that we know what I'm talking about. It also allows to deploy other software than BTCP at the same time, for example, LND or Bitcoin Core very easily. Uh, so like the main focus last year was about, you know, making it possible for people to build on top of BTCP so People server. can make BTC, they can make apps for BTCP server pretty much. Yep. Yep. And like, Right now, like I think we we were pretty good on this goal, uh, and then next next year, I think one of the main points will be improving the user experience. Uh, some ports are, are kind of a bit rough. Uh, I would like one thing I would like as well is uh, doing better with integration. So like we have lots of integration in different services, but the documentation and the repository are are a bit splattered around. And some of them are not very well maintained. So I would like to kind of a way cleaner uh, way of doing all this. And uh, after that, uh, what, what, what is going So we will continue the development of the, of the Greenfield API to open up the, the core feature of BTCP servers. And, Greenfield, um, yeah. is it, it, that's just, a, it makes it like an open API, right? That people can used to build yeah. applications got you. Yep, yep. So we continue developing that. So people can make like a BTC uh, Pay wallet or something, or they can make their own custom UI for BTC Pay, or maybe they could. Yep. Nice. Yeah, they, they can do this already. Okay. Yeah. Like, like we, really, we really want people to give the hooks they, they need to, to, customize, sure. to customize their BTC Pay server, either themselves or like imagine that you are a freelance and you think that lots of people are, are having f demand of feature of BTC Pay Server, you can right. help, you know, developing this so kind of plugin. BTC Pay Server, in a way, is kind of becoming like Bitcoin and WordPress together, in a way. Yes, because... yes, the WordPress of Bitcoin. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And there is another thing I, I would like to do. So one thing is, uh, but I'm don't, I don't know if I will do this year, is I talk about, uh, about it like a gift card for shops. Like, so BTC... Uh, Shops can easily have this kind of gift card system. I think it's very important, but I still, I still need lots of reflection of on how it will look uh, UX wise. So much stuff to do. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and I, yeah, I, I also want to improve the uh, accounting system because right now one of the big hurdles for for uh, merchants is uh, reporting uh, your sales uh, to your book. You know, like. I got you. Yeah, Imagine yeah. that you're a merchant, you sell on several places, then you have some part of your balance that is on LA, uh, on a, on a lining network, some other part of your balance are on, on chain, and then uh, you need to properly match everything and be sure that your books are, are balanced. And uh, I think we, we should improve like kind of the uh, analytics tools for I guess somebody could make like a, a QuickBooks plugin for or something. Because like, we have one. We have one actually, but it's only for like uh, freelance. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Well, I think like QuickBooks they have it like that for like other like bank plugins. It plugs your bank. So for BTC Pay, it's like your own bank, really, right? So makes sense. Yeah, it's it's quite it's quite hard because like all 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 jurisdiction have different kind of standard of tax, uh, and like we are not tax expert, 
So I think we will not go to the integration of specific uh, tax tools sure. directly, but, but at I mean, like you let people make the plugins for you. Right? What is always useful. Yeah, but I mean, like other people can make yeah. the plugins themselves, right? So you wouldn't have to build yep. that. You kind of just build the tools for it. Yep. You also kind of, I think, yep. we before we start the stream, you're speaking about somebody, a coin jerk, is experimenting with a uh, a Twitch streaming thing for BTC Pay, right? Like uh, the Yes. Okay, uh, so Twitch, they can use BTC Pay to accept tips on their stream or something. Sounds pretty cool. Yep. So CoinJerk Coin is a is a project uh, that's Amperture. So it's a one per, um, one guy in the BTC Pay server community is working on, and uh, it's basically a service where you can uh, use your BTC Pay server for receiving tips during your live streams. Pretty and cool. then uh, it integrates with uh, with Twitch, so you can have some kind of you know pop-ups coming on or like uh, stuff like this yeah. uh, when somebody sends you money. So uh, right now it's a bit it's a bit uh, underground project. Like he did he didn't advertise too much about it, but I hope that yeah, try to push I, I him just shared the website on the stream a second ago. So yeah, yeah. but yeah, it sounds cool. Like I said, you know, I think. Once you just have the API and the tools, you just let the community build stuff. It's like Counter-Strike in a way, right? They they, they let people build mods and yeah. then the game stayed alive. Counter-Strike stay, Counter stay alive more than Half-Life in a, in a sense. So like it's kind of the same things. Yeah, uh, Counter-Strike was a mod of Half-Life and Half-Life was like a version of Quake engine or something like that. But because Quake opened up, it's all about being open, right? If you want it exist and flourish, yep. you've got to be open. Yeah. Okay, cool. Anyway, so let's, we've actually been talking for about an hour and I know, you know, you have a wife and a kid and everything. So let's get onto your yeah. lightning lap. Uh, so for people who don't know, this is a part of the show where we have um, for Mint Gox, which is our like monthly lightning esports. One of our popular games is a Bitcoin rally, which is Mario Kart with Bitcoin. So we do kind of monthly tournaments and online races where anybody can join and play. However, we've decided to do uh, a lightning lap segment where we get a Bitcoin celebrity to do a, like a, a fast track time and we rank them on the leaderboard. And so I'm just going to share the leaderboard at the moment and we can see the current winners are, we've only had one episode, so this is the second episode. So at the moment we have in third place, no coin and Ned with 76 seconds. No coin and Ned is just my no coin of friend I got to play once. So we had a score to kind of compare with. So as Bitcoiners, you have to beat the no-coiner, who's not very good. And then we have uh, Easy. the famous Brad Mills. He's a, a Canadian kind of um, uh, investor in Bitcoin, podcaster and all sorts. He got he did a little bit better than no-coiner Ned. And then the current champion is Crypto Max, who's another Canadian uh, Bitcoiner. And she got 67 seconds. So these are the scores to beat. Um, I did a poll earlier. Um, asking, uh, would Nicolas Dorier, would he um, become first place, last place, or? No, of course first. Like, there is no way I, I cannot beat 67 seconds. Well, here's like, a poll. So, yeah, most people, 50% of people said you become first place, 30% said last place, and 20% said somewhere in the middle. Um, anyway, without further no. ado, let's, uh, let's try it. Okay. And so how it works? I voted. You, you, I voted myself on your poll, you, actually. Did you vote first? I assume you voted first. 
So I'm going to open the game now, and Nicola's going to join the game, and I'm going to stream the game, and Nicola is going to do three laps of the track. And, um, yeah. And then his best okay, lap so time will be submitted. So let me just make that game for you. Uh, hold on. So you know what the password is. Don't say it on the live stream because somebody will join as you. Oh shit, I forgot one second. No, take your time. Okay, okay. okay. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, let me just resize this. Okay, I placed it. Okay, you can join the game. The game should be there. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, I'm just gonna just check, make sure we're okay and no one's asking any questions. Oh, we got some questions from the audience, but I'll ask them. Oh. I, I, I'll ask them after you've done the event. Um, if anybody okay. is watching, can let us know if the sound is if the sound is bad or something, or just that. Anyway. So your 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 sound sometimes is cutting down, so I think your quality is. Uh, yeah, I think you're you because you're streaming a lot, you're losing. Some... Yeah, hold on. I think the. But that, that's kind of I think I'm just gonna turn the game music down a little bit. Because I think that's overpowering. Anyway, I'm gonna start. Are you ready? Yeah. So you won't be able to see your lap times. I'll be able to see them, and I will announce them at the end. So. Uh, okay. Let's go. Professional gamer, Itodorie, should ace this. Yep. I. Though, 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 though when I, I was playing, you know, real Counter Strike and everything, I had, I had the good keyboard and like the right mouse and like the right mouse pad and everything right right now I'm like in in my poor laptop you know but well I will still win did you customize your cart I didn't know I thought I, I could not I wanted the BTC pay card oh, I mean like add the the tuning right you can add speed and acceleration oh yeah okay did, good yeah crypto mags forgot to do that so if she wants to come on again have another try well, see, that's very good. Wow, okay. No no crashes yet so far. It's a perfect. Oh, very tight corner. Very nice. Yes. Um, like, so this is a hard port. Like, this is fucking... This fucking... Yeah. No, I okay, find perfect. Just before the barn is the difficult part. I find. Because it's quite, quite a tight turn. Okay, coming in. The last part. Watch out for the cow. A cow might appear sometime, right? Yeah, you haven't I crashed know, once. I, this is impressive. I, I, I raged quite a lot. Yeah. You might actually you could set the community score, which is 44 seconds. Okay. Okay. Two more laps. The first lap is right the now. slowest because you start from zero, right? So this lap should be faster because you're, you're starting from a, a speed. Yeah, but I didn't crash normally. I always crash. I'll let you focus. <laughs> Okay, it's here. Oh, a bit slow there. I think people can go through that corner faster. I, as long as I don't take the wall, it's okay. That's true. It's better to be careful and not hit the wall. It's like... Oh, Nicola... Like Bitcoin, you, you stack humbly. Nicola is also collecting coins, so... Oh, oh fuck! All right, we got one, one more lap oh, after this. Come on, Nicola is also oh, collecting damn. coins, which he'll be able to 
use a coin to withdraw some Bitcoin at the end by lightning. I didn't know. Okay, I, I, will, I will try to get them. Okay, final lap. Try not to crash. Okay. Okay, no, it was okay, it wasn't a big crash. But just tipped it. It's okay, it's okay, it didn't it didn't impact my speed. Nice boost. Whoa! Final turning. And there we go. Finished. Okay, I'm just going to check the lap times now uh, and make a note of them. Great. Okay. I think I did. I, I did great on the last one. I think you did great. Okay. Well, I'm not saying anything. Yep. I've seen it. Um, are you able to withdraw? Uh, I, I need to check if my Acre wallet is. Oh, okay. Uh, well. Because normally my, uh, so here is the thing, like I need a, to scan the QR code, but basically my Lightning wallet is on my PC, so I can scan by myself. Developers, we have to add command world. line support for Bitcoin Rally. Wait, wait, but actually, wait, wait, let me, let me check. Maybe just take a screenshot of the QR code and then you can decode it later and get the... Yeah, I will, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's not as bad as like last time we had Peter Todd was here, and um, he like his version of Linux just couldn't. It was so trying to make him a build that could play the game. He ended up <laughs> developers, right? <laughs> You're a gamer, so you have. So what is my time like? Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, can you let me send you the link to the leaderboard, and you can take a look at that. Let me send you that on Twitter. But our viewers, I'll show our viewers as well. I. I'm sure I'm sure I won. I'm sure I'm first, but I don't know how far. Okay, so um Okay, so Mags is sixty-seven. Okay. Let me get ready to submit your score. I'm just gonna enter into the system. Okay, so how do you think you did? Did you think you got better than sixty-seven seconds or worse than sixty-seven? Yeah, definitely I did better. I think so. I think I did. So my best time ever at this game is forty nine. Forty nine is your best time. I, I, I'm That's sure, pretty good. Yes, wow. I, I, I'm sure I didn't do better than this uh, because it was not perfect. Uh, so I, I, I would guess it's between fifty and fifty four. Between fifty and fifty four. Okay, so we're going for fifty four or fifty or fifty one. If you had to guess. 52. 52. Okay. Well, if you can refresh the page, you can see that you got 50.766. Very good score. You beat Mags yeah. by 17 seconds. <laughs> but Mags yep. forgot to tune the cart. So uh, we're, we're going to have Mags back yeah. on sometime. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the but it's a good excuse like this. But, wow! Congratulations, you are the current uh, Bitcoin Rally Lightning Lap champion. Uh, the bad <laughs> news is that I'm gonna get Adam from Nopara on from Wasabi Wallet, and I'm probably 
there's some rivalry because you played another Bitcoin game. So we're going to see if yeah, he can I beat won, your score. You won. Okay. So Adam, no pirate, if you're listening, 50 is the score to beat. We're going to have a, there's a few other Bitcoin gamers we want to get on, you know, so maybe it could be competitive, but that's, if somebody topples you, we can have you on again to try and beat it. But yeah, anyway, you're well in the lead at the moment. I, 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 I can't wait playing CSGO, but I still... I have to apologize. I yeah, I think I will have to yeah. play it. I, I spelt your name wrong. I forgot the S. So I'm going to have to update that later. It's Nicholas. <laughs> Nicholas. <laughs> anyway, okay, awesome. Um, well, let's just... Um, I'm, if you still got a bit of time, I just want to spend about five minutes just answering some questions from the audience and then... We can wrap yeah, yeah. up. So, I, I, can I close? Can I close the game? Yeah, yeah. Go to for be it, sure yeah. my score is not for forgotten. It. Yeah, no, it's it's in it's okay. in, it, it, it's not on the blockchain, but it's in the database. <laughs> so, <laughs> wasn't put it on the blockchain. That's confirmed. Okay. Yeah. So let me just uh, ask. So we got a question from oh, quite a few questions from Raphael Pack. Is it? that common for non-Japanese Europeans to go to Japan or is it just a coincidence? Like, uh, are there a lot of Europeans in Japan, I suppose? I, I think there, there is quite a lot of European in Japan. Like, uh, I mean, I don't know. Okay. Like, if we compare, like, with some other countries, like, say, England, uh, I would guess that uh, there is not too much foreigners. Yeah, uh, there's but... not much. There's not that many immigrants. There are tourists, but I think people who are like living there, I think it's a lot less than like England and America. Yeah, which is good. I, I think it's it's. I think a I like big it, part but... of it, and and I think that's why maybe most of uh, European living in Japan, lots of them are Bitcoiners. I think one of the big problem for foreigners living in Japan is the is the work culture. Sure. And uh, if you can avoid it, Japan's a great and, place uh, to live. Oh, what? If, Sorry. If you can avoid the work culture, Japan's a great place to live. But sometimes you can't avoid yeah. it. I've had friends who've like worked in Japan and left because it was too depressing. Like, like I, I can understand. Like, if I if I was working for a traditional Japanese uh, domestic company, I will definitely. I don't know if I will be here today, uh, but maybe the. We, as Bitcoiners, we are lucky to have mo most of the time any uh, kind of freedom or to do what we want. So it's, uh, I think it's really helping a lot. Yeah, I, th I think your point you made earlier that as as a foreigner in Japan, you get all the good things, but don't have to do all the bad things because they treat you as yep. a, you're always a guest, right? Yes. I guess the bad thing is that you never really become Japanese. You never be you never really become a citizen. But I'll I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so for some people, it's very hurting them, you know. Like they they live for twenty years in Japan, they speak almost perfect Japanese, and but uh, every time they meet somebody, like it's they they still feel outsider, uh, and not accepted into it. But yeah. on my side, like I said, I'm really a nerd, so <laughs> it's kind of uh, I'm not really impacted by these kind of things, and I, I I don't think if in twenty years maybe it will be different, but. On my side, I I I think it's it, I, I take it like no problem if I kind of if, like if I don't have this Japan social is, it's I guess it, it would sound wrong in any other country. So if I was in England and that you know and we have this type of culture where immigrants are different, I wouldn't like it. But in Japan, I like that 
they're still quite Japanese. As, as, a, as an immigrant to Japan, I like that it's not super multicultural because I want it to be like Japan. <laughs> you know, like you probably yes. have the same thing. If, if you're in Japan and there are too many foreigners around, like too many white people, you don't like it. I, I became a racist in Japan. I was in my hometown and like some English and American new workers came over here. I was like, too many foreigners. They come here, they don't learn the language, they're noisy at night, they're dropping litter, go back home. Japan is for the Japanese. It was a really weird experience. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the same thing for me. Like uh, not long time ago, I think it was the... the the minister of uh of foreign affairs i think like Gaisho. he's trying to encourage yeah Gaisho, he's trying to encourage kind of like multicultural multicultural uh, multicultural aspects of japan but on my side i was like oh fuck no yeah. don't do this i don't want foreigner in my country but even if it's not my country have, that's the mean, same I'm thing i have a lot of immigrant friends in england and a lot of them said a similar thing they kind of like they they, they like the English, old English style of English, you know, they kind of want to protect that more. So they don't like when they see that other immigrants like themselves, but they want to be special. I don't know. I guess it depends on the person. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah definitely. So I, I'm a bit like this, like when, when you see foreigner and like they're low, you know, they talk loud in the train. I'm like, oh, they are not fitting properly well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess in a way that I think it's also maybe this responsibility on you as a foreigner to kind of tell other foreigners, hey, you know, you know what I mean? Like, so, <laughs> like, it, if the Japanese culture have to say to it, it can come across racist. But if you, like, police other foreigners yourself, it, you know, it's, I think it's better. I don't know. <laughs> we're getting yeah. a strange topic here. Uh, we've got another question. Um, this one about BTC Pay server. Is it possible to host a BTC Pay server without a Tor node? Currently set up a Raspberry Blitz node and don't want to run a Tor node. I don't know why they don't want to run a tour node. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's perfectly fine. You just need a public IP address, yeah. right? Yeah, so the, the reason why we run with a tour, so you can disable tour. Uh, actually, if you go to the docs, like, like I, I think it, they, they should have a port about it. If not, you come on the chat, I will, I will tell you how. Like, you can remove tour. Uh, the reason why we are using tour on BTCP server by default is that there is no down, there is not really down, uh, downside of it. Especially if you are like, for example, uh, Chris, you have a BTC pay box that you can yep. easily plug at home and it works directly. Uh, the fact that it has a Tor address means that if even if you are outside of your home, like uh, your office or a coffee shop, you can still access your BTC pay server at home without having to configure yep. your router or like doing crazy stuff. Yep. So that's why we actually Tor is less. We activated it less for privacy and more for uh, being able to connect from wherever you want without any configuration. Yeah, but you can disable really it if you don't cool want it. feature of Tor, which is like accidental, right? It's not the original yep. thing, but yeah, it lets you have things that you can plug and play. But I guess if somebody is running on their own server like Amazon or something, then they might not necessarily need that because if they're using like EC2. It's probably going to think they're going to have a public yeah. thing, you know, so they lose the privacy benefits. But if you're running off Amazon anyway, <laughs> Amazon can see all, all your logs. Yeah, yeah. And Tor just, I guess yeah. it's a bit slower than not Tor, right? You'd get like a, a performance hit, I suspect, because you've got to go through the Tor yeah, network. Yeah, like, like 
on my side, I don't choose Tor if I don't need to because it's uh, it's uh, like you said, it's way more uh, latency, so it's a uh, less exper worse experience. I, I I try to find other kind of system than Tor for being able to connect like tunneling to the router yeah. like this, tunneling, yeah. yeah. But everything I, I found out basically, I was like, uh, it's more complicated to set up. And it's, you still need a server outside. And if you rent a server outside, why don't you put just BTCP server here, there instead of your home? Oh. So um, yeah, that, that's why I, I actually I, I just use Torn right now. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I think that's wrapped up on the questions. Yeah. So um, if there's anything else you would want to talk about, if you have any any final words, or where can people find out? More about you um the floor is yours well like uh yeah if you want to know more about btcp servers the best place i guess is uh or twitter like btcp server um uh, handle we have a website as well we have a chat uh that you can jump in so the the we have a chat on mattermost so chat.btcpserver.org uh it's very it's very uh, lively by the community. So if you have any question or any problem, you can jump to there. Like I'm pretty sure somebody or me will re reply to it. Uh, then if you if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm Nicolas Dorier. And uh, yeah, that's yeah. That's I think the next it. step is to try and get other BTC Pay community members playing the game, so we can do ah. a lightning lap with Brit Kelly or Cooks or Rockstar Dev. So. As long as they don't beat me, that's fine. I don't think they wouldn't dare beat you. Maybe they find their funding is cut. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. I have the poor. Thank you very much for staying up late. I know it's a bit late in Japan. And yeah, thank you so much for your time. Really enjoyed that. And uh, yeah, have fun being the current champion. Thanks. Okay. Thanks everyone for Bye. watching. See you later.